Welcome to the Grace Avenue Church Podcast, where we believe that the grace of God is yours to live. It is our prayer that this message will help you experience God's freedom, live your potential, and make the impact you were created for. Now here's the message. Good morning, church fam. How are you today? Great to be with you in the house. Hey, so excited to be with you, man. Uh, Today's an exciting day for me. I'm here at Starcrest Campus, and my wife will be at the Hebner Oaks Campus this morning speaking over there. So what a great opportunity just for us as a church to keep going, keep growing. God's doing good things. I'm excited. I don't have the coronavirus. Hopefully you don't either. No joke, that's some serious stuff, but uh, in all seriousness, it's a great day to just be together and to just get started. We're, we're in this season as a church where we're talking about making room. It's been our theme for the year, our theme for really we're, we're directing our church, not just for this year, but for this decade. We're looking at ourselves and saying, how can we make room in our own lives to fulfill the call of Jesus in our life, to do the things Jesus has called us to do? Uh, it's easy to get caught up in busyness, in our own plans, in our own dreams, to the point of our own detriment, our own distraction, where we're missing the mark on what Jesus really says is important. And today I wanted to kind of recenter us just with this message uh, to kind of help us get recentered on what Jesus says. I, I want to talk to you today about when God says go. When God says go, uh, we spend a lot of our life on the go. Anybody who's busy, say amen. amen. We spend a lot of life on the go. We get up in the morning, we go to the bathroom. <laughs> then we get up and we go and take a shower or put on makeup or put on clothes and go and let the dog out and go and wake up the kids and go and take them to school and go to work and go, 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 go for six, eight, 12 hours, whatever your day looks like. Then we go home. Then we go and try not to pull the kids' hair out because they're driving us crazy. Then we go and put them to bed. And then we try and go to sleep with all the stuff that we have on our mind and all the weight that we have on our lives, all the pressures, all the challenges. Each one of our lives is marked and defined by different boundaries and different responsibilities and different pursuits. But in essence, all of us are in the same vein going towards something that at some point in life we got serious about. Building a family, pursuing a career, transitioning, moving, changing. And for most of us, our motivation to go is to accomplish things that really define and fulfill our lives. That's why we're doing what we do. That's why we get up in the morning. That's why we just... Keep going. As you get older, you start asking, God, did I get here? God, why am I so busy? And you realize, you look back, I made some decisions that kind of put me on this track. In other words, it's your fault you're so busy. <laughs> and so for most of us, you know, we've decided to just go and build our life, move towards education, move towards a transition in our career, move towards building a marriage, a family, a dream. But the Bible is filled with people who were called to go, but their go had a much bigger purpose attached to it than just busyness, much bigger than just movement in their life. Their go was obedience to God, and their go was obedience to him speaking directly to them 
and transitioning them from where they were into something that he had next for them. And as Christians today who are filled with the Holy Spirit, in the same way we are supposed to be moving that way as we go in life. Not stuck, not lost, but from stage to stage, from season to season, Scripture tells us from faith to faith, from glory to glory, we're becoming more like Jesus as we go. We're learning things not just about ourselves, and we're not just advancing in life, we're learning more about God as we go. Come on, have you ever stepped into something that you didn't have a lot of experience in, but once you got into it, you kind of realized, I can do this, you know? I can do this. It's, you know, getting on the bike. The first time you were afraid to get on a bike, you got on a bike, you were terrified. But then you start rolling and you're like, oh, this is okay. Same thing with some of the challenges that you faced this last year, this last decade. You, you were going through them and you didn't know how you were going to get through them, but here you are. You made it. You got through the people that we read about in Scripture, their go is in obedience to God. To them fulfilling a purpose far greater than they could fully understand at the time when they decided to go. I want you to think about them. Them deciding to go as a response to his direction didn't have the full picture painted out for them. Nobody. We don't read about anybody in Scripture where God gives them the full picture, he just starts them in season one. They don't get to binge to season seven to figure out where this is all going to land. To decide if the series is going to be worth watching. He says, here's season one. Here's some tense pressure. Here's some change, some challenges, some unknown, some uncertainty. And he speaks directly to the man or the woman, to the spirit of the individual, and simply directs them, go. Jesus said in Mark chapter 16, verse 15, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Matthew 28, 19, Jesus says, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In these verses, we read what was a clear command from Jesus. It's clear direction from Jesus. To anybody who says that they love him, this is what our go is founded on. This is why we go. This is why we go and change the poopy diapers in the morning. Because <laughs> we want these rugrats to be something significant in life and for the kingdom of God. We want their value and their worth to be established in who Jesus is so they don't get mixed up in half the crap that we got mixed up in. So they don't waste time and seasons, emotional, mental energy spent on things and, and decisions and relationships and choices that rob them of time and years. Our go has a much bigger foundation to it, a much stronger foundation. Are you with me this morning? See, through these verses, we see that we're not just saved and then positioned. We're actually called and commissioned. We're not just saved and positioned. We're called and commissioned. Like, God doesn't save us so we can just arrive. Oh, okay. Woo. 
All the hell is behind me. Life is good. All right, I guess it's good. Time to retire. No, in fact, uh, it's like the work is just beginning when we get saved. You know, when we think about it, people who come into Christ, if you've been a Christian for a long time, people who come into Jesus Christ and into a relationship with him, you do realize when you're judging them sometimes, other people who aren't as holy as you are, you do realize that God took you from somewhere over time. How quickly we forget that people are on a journey. How quickly we forget and the hard drive is erased from some of the things that we were still sneaking around, not letting anybody know about or lying to ourselves about. I'm glad I didn't live in the age of digital media back then, right? Everything would be on the internet and you can't uh, delete that. When we broke up with somebody when I was growing up, you tore the pictures up. And then you went outside if you were really sadistic and you threw them in a bucket and you burned them. <laughs> Who is willing to admit in the house of God today that they burned some pictures? Come on, come on, come on. Look at these hands. Look at these people. Thank you, Jesus, for a lighter and flammable pictures. We weren't just saved and positioned. We're calling the commission. We're commissioned to go. And this is why we've launched another campus on the other side of town, to reach people for Jesus, to go as a church, not just stay as a church. It's not about building our tower. It's about reaching people for Jesus. We're making room. Because God said go. We read throughout the, the Bible that people would go without a clear, well-thought-out destination. In other words, they lived by faith that God saying go was good enough to make a move. Good enough to take action. Good enough to shift their life towards the unknown and to embrace the uncertainty that comes along with the go that God has said. So here's what, what I'm saying. In essence, their lives were marked by three things. Faith, obedience, and movement. Faith, obedience, and movement. Faith was this. They heard something. It was settled within them. That was good enough. It may not be good enough with mom or dad or grandma or coworker or sister or friend or cousin or bestie for the last 20 years. But faith settles something in you. That in spite of what people say and in spite of what people think, there's a peace on the inside. Something has resolved within you that God's go is good enough. That God's go is your directive. That God's go gives you peace. Obedience. That mark of someone who really loves Jesus. Come on. Jesus said, if you love me, obey me. It's kind of like my wife says to me. If you love me, obey me. But Jesus said it first. And his Words are more important than hers. That's what I tell her. I was like, well, I love you, but Jesus told me to obey him, so I'm going to go obey him first. That's the mark of someone who really loves Jesus, obedience. And then movement. That's the defining mark of someone who's motivated by love. Come on, our world is talking a lot about love. We need to love, we need to love, we need to love. What is the defining mark of love? It's movement in Jesus' name, 
towards the go that Jesus has pointed us to. People who don't know God, people who are broken, people who are hurting, people who are suffering, people who are lost. Come on, nobody in the world who doesn't have Jesus likes to admit that they're lost. Come on, when we're going through a bad season, I don't even know if it's Christians we like to admit when we're lost. We just like to say we're going through a tough time, you know. Things are not good right now. No, you're lost. (laughs) And God wants to give you a clear go to recenter you about what life is about, about what your marriage is about, about what your purpose is all connected to. It's God's go. Genesis chapter 12, the Lord said to Abraham, leave your country. Leave your country, leave your relatives and your father's family and go to the land I will show you. Okay, this whole faith element within scripture that we're talking about starts right here in the Old Testament, right in Genesis. And it's insane to think today what God was actually calling Abraham to. Because for us, we just kind of skim over these verses. We don't give them much context. We just kind of think, oh yeah, God told Abraham to leave his country, leave his relatives, leave his home, and to go into a land he's going to show him. Wait a minute, let's, let's, let's back the truck up. He's calling him to leave his country. Leave his relatives, leave his friends, leave everybody from his upbringing, leave everything that's familiar to him. Leave everyone that he knows and then go somewhere. But he doesn't tell him where. He says, go somewhere that I'm going to show you. That's crazy. Imagine God calling you today to lead the United States. Leave your friends. Leave your relatives. Leave Whataburger. I'll do do it for you, Lord. I'll I'll do it for you. To leave your friendships, to leave your favorite stores, leave Amazon Prime. Oh, God, help me. Leave, Leave everything that is familiar to you, the way you get things, what you know, your stores, your connections, your routes, your familiarity, your safety, the back roads that you know how to take to get away from traffic, to avoid certain things. The places on the roads when you're driving where you already know there's a pothole. He doesn't know any of that. Leave everything that you know and go to a place. What place? The place I'm going to show you. In other words, what? Faith, obedience, movement. Not arrival, movement. See, we're looking for arrival because we want safety and we want security. We know what the doctor says, so we just want to know from God, where is this all going to end up? We know the changes that are taking place in our lives and we just kind of want to know where it's going to end up. But, but God never established this as the prerequisite for why we should go. It's not season seven, I'll tell you where it is, and then you can start season one. It's season one, and trust me for where I'm taking you. And that's hard for us to embrace. See, every time we have a go, or we decide to go, I should say, we have a destination. 100 times out of 100, you and I get into our vehicles, and we go with a purpose for a purpose. Like, we never get in a car and just start driving. 
with the wife and kids and like, where are we going? Hey, who knows? But let's see where we end up. Everybody pack your bags, put your suitcases in the vehicle. We're going to start driving. That's crazy. Here we go. Here we go. He's doing it again. End up, you know, we're, you know, here we are halfway into Montana. Where are we? I don't know. I don't know if this is like, we never do that. It's always with a purpose and for a purpose. It's attached to something, a clear destination that we know, that we understand, that we uh, have, have Googled. Is this a safe hotel to stay at in this part of town? What are the reviews? What does Amazon, what does the product say about, what do they say about this product? Like we know that we know that we know that we know most of the time before we step into something, we want to know where it's going to end up. We can't help ourselves We want to be surrounded, defined by security, safety, confidence. Hebrews 11.8 says, It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and to go to another land that God would give him as an inheritance. And he went without knowing where he was going. Let's read that again. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as an inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. He went without knowing where he was going. He went without knowing where he was going. You might be going, but not knowing where you're going to end up. And that might be okay with God because God knows the inheritance that he has for you, just as he knew the inheritance that he had for Abraham. See, for most of, of my life, I would say probably half, over half my life now. Woo, I'm getting old when I count the years. Okay, so for most of half my life now, over half my life now, it's been spent responding to God's go, to his next go. And each go has been about trusting God at another level, at another stage, in another season of life. And what I'm going to do here is I'm going to try and give you 20 years, over 20 years, in about five minutes. So it's a great injustice what I'm doing here, because it's like giving you all seven seasons in five minutes, it's horrible. It's a horrible, like this cost me a lot. This is very expensive, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, relationally, in seasons, financially. This is very expensive. It was very taxing, but I'm going to give it to you in about five minutes, because I just want you to see what I'm discovering now as I keep responding to God's go. The first go was when I was 21. I was living in Austin. My life was a mess. Again, I'm glad there aren't video clips of this back in the day. Thank God for burnt pictures and deleted numbers. And I look back on that season, and God saved me. And as soon as I got saved, as clear as day, I heard the voice of the Holy Spirit. Let me, let me back this up. There's this, a verse I want to give you, Isaiah chapter 30, 21. It won't be up here but it's Isaiah 30, 21, and it says, whether you turn to the right or the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Okay, that, that, that has marked my life. Uh, Janelle, too. Like, together, we've, we've held on to that verse since we've been married. There, there's a, a voice from behind us, the voice of the Holy Spirit, where we hear direction, where we hear where the next go is. And so the first time was 21, and and the first time I remember hearing the Holy Spirit, it was as clear as day. It was as clear as clear can be. Go home to your parents' house. 
Okay, I was 21 years old. I'd been on my own since I was 17, paying my own bills, living my own life. And actually, there was a lot of family turmoil in that time, so I hadn't really even spoken to my family much. So how many of you know that's not really something you volunteer for? First of all, to go back home when you're 21. Second, to move back in with parents where there's been turmoil. Second, God said, I want you to go back to your old church. Well, when you've left there and your life's been a mess for five years, it's not fun to go back to a place where you're going to walk in and see relationships where people, the first thing they say is, hey, what have you been up to? Where have you been? Oh, you know, destroying my life in every way, shape, and form. (laughs) Letting Satan rake me over the coals in every way, shape, and form. Body, soul, and spirit, just destroying my life. Self-destructing, depressed, suicidal, you know, drugs, alcohol, messing my life up. Angry, pretty violent, pretty stupid, lots of reckless decisions. Yeah, how are you? (laughs) You don't want to go back to your old church when relationships that you grew up with are going to reconnect with you based on where they left off with you. And then, and then thoroughly, God said, go back to your old job. And what was crazy is my, my old job, I was waiting tables at a restaurant. And when I got there, what started to happen is like this passion for God just kind of took over the place. When I went into the restaurant, there were two Christians there. When I left, a year and a half later, there were 22 Christians, either going to church with me, getting saved in the parking lot. So something had happened in me. Now, you got to remember, I didn't know this when God said, leave Austin. He said, go back to these three places. This is what I heard. I certainly didn't agree with it, but out of obedience, there was faith, obedience, and movement. I did this. That leads to the second go. I'm sorry. Before I go there, this was in that time I met a guy at the church I was going to, and a guy told me about a Bible college that, long story short, I ended up going to. Then the second guy was going to this Bible college, which was in Australia. This is Hillsong College. For those of you who know Hillsong Music and Worship, um, this was back in the day before it was like Hillsong. Now it's Hillsong. Uh, It's almost like a part of the Trinity, (laughs) worship-wise. But... But then people weren't on social media. There wasn't a way to really look into. All I was saying to people was like, I'm going to Australia to Bible college. What? Where? There's like 10 Bible colleges within 1,000 miles from here. Why are you flying across the world? How many of you know when you start making changes and you're responding to the whisper, it's confusing to people who don't have context for your go, who don't have a foundation for your go, who don't have an understanding about your go? Next was after about a year and a half, I felt the Lord tell me, go back. Remember, when you're 22, all, uh, all you are is stressed out about what the next step is. You, you, you never seem to enjoy life. Let me speak for me. I never seem to enjoy life. Well, I'm here. Thank God for answering this prayer. What's next? And then he shows you what's next. Oh, thank God. Oh, I didn't know if this was going to work out. Now What? Now what, God, now what is God going to do? And if we don't learn how to get a hold of that in our own spirit, that dominates our life. And we're never speaking from peace. We're never speaking from confidence. We're never speaking from trust. It's just always fear about what's next. Fear about what's next. Fear about whether or not this will work out. In Australia, I heard the Holy Spirit. I remember as clear as day, summer, a year and a half in, God said, go back home. 
Now, at this time, you got to understand, for me, I'm thinking, why? I left Texas. I left San Antonio. It's been almost two years. Before that, I'd been gone for five years. Like, I don't, I don't really understand. Why would you want me to go back? Fast forward to the fourth go. I'm now working in this job. In this time, I've met Janelle. We've started a life and a marriage together. We're moving forward in life. And, and God's go was disrupt what you're doing right now. Leave your job, the security you've known. And, and, and let me just kind of say that it started around like four months before. I just started having this sense of movement. If I could best describe how God has moved me and us, it's, it's, it's a discernment. Like, it's not clear. It's just a sense something's about to change. Like, I don't hear the audible voice of God, thou shalt leave this place and go unto the next place. It's never that. It's just a stirring, a sense, a knowing that seasons are about to shift. And that's not tangible. You can't, you can't grab hold of definitives. You can only walk with what you know and what you're hearing and move in faith in that. And it doesn't make a lot of sense. But in here, you're settled. The next go is God saying to start Grace Avenue Church. At this time, I'm like 34. Start a church in a living room like this is the book of Acts. <laughs> and and, and, and to, like, who wants to go to, like, come to my church. Where? My friend's living room. Who is he? He's this guy I just met. I'm not going over there. I mean, what is he selling? Is he crazy? Is this a cult? Like... I'm not going over there. Like that was our that was our beginnings. That that's I remember I, I didn't hit me how I was listening to God until somebody told me how crazy what we were doing actually was. He's like, wow, man, you actually you're really going for this. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, no, you're really like, like you're really going for this. Like nobody does that anymore. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like nobody does nobody starts churches in houses anymore, unless you're like over on the other side of the world. Like nobody does that anymore. I'm like, oh yeah, well. You know, God told me, so, you know, that's just responding to God. Because I'm a man of faith, obedience, and movement. It's crazy when you're in it. You don't even know how confident you are in it. You just know you're responding. And then the next go was to start another campus. Right? I've given you about six or seven goes. And they didn't make a lot of sense each time the transition it was happening. Here's what I want to say. Every go in my life has been directly connected to God's last go. Every next go has been connected to God's last go. In that time when God said, go home from Austin to San Antonio, in that time I met a guy who I don't even hang out with today. I haven't even seen him in over 20 years. I only met him for a small window of time and hung out with him. And the only reason I was hanging out with him was because he was a young adult. He wanted to pursue purpose, not wrong relationships, and not hang out at the bar. And I needed friends who could help direct me away from environments and atmospheres and relationships that were going to get me messed up. I just wasn't strong enough at that time to stand on my own two feet. And I remember I met him. He spoke that. I haven't seen him in over 20 years. But in that window... He spoke something that led me to the next thing, the next go. That go directed the rest of my life. That go got me a wife. That go got me into ministry. That go, go put the things of God in my heart. That go put pastoral ministry in my heart. 
it's every go that you're looking for is connected to the last go. Every new go feels scarier and costs more than the last go. It feels scarier. It looks scarier. It looks crazier to people. But here's the thing. You don't know who's connected to your go. Like I was watching Chris up here. Come on, Chris, stand up so people know who I'm talking about. Stand up. Let's give this guy a hand real quick. Here he is ministering, ministering on, on stage, and I'm thinking, do, do y'all know how much of a knucklehead this guy was eight, nine years ago? Like, y'all would have been done, man. Y'all would have been done, done, done. Like, and then Kayla, he, he married, Kayla married him? Do you know who this guy was? That's what I wanted to tell her. I'm like, uh, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're gathered here today. Kayla, are you sure about this? Like, are you really, really sure? No, but, but here's what's beautiful. Like, I see just who they are and what they're a part of here in our church. And now they're having a child. And my go has connected them. And their go is connecting others. And this is the beauty of, of when God says go, it's not all about you. You're connected to others. You're connected to other stories. If we could learn to rest in the uncomfortable and rest in the uncertainty, things could be opened up to us in a whole different way. We'd see God's go clearly and clearer than before. Now, what should our next motivation from God go? I'm out of time and somehow I got to get four points into you. So we're going to do the speed course here. What should our motivation be for the next go from God? There's going to be another go at some point. It could be tomorrow. It could be a year and a half from now. It could be five years from now. It could be 10 years from now. This, couldn't be, this could be a go that's physically, hey, get up and go. This could be a go in your spirit. It's time to forgive. This could be a go. It's time to step into generosity. This could be a go. It's time to step into faith. But your go, what should the motiva- motivation be? Well, 1 John 4.16 says, so we, it's talking about us as, as Christians, as brothers and sisters, we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. We've come to know it and we've come to believe it, that God is love and whoever abides in love abides in God and God abides in him. I like to put my name in that verse. So Daniel has come to know and to believe the love that God has for him because that was a journey for me. It was a journey for me to go from season to season. It's, it's one thing to know it or to hear it. It's another thing to believe it and to be settled in it and to be established in it because then your go is motivated by God's love, not just how good you're going to look or what people are going to think about you or what others are going to say about you, especially when they're saying, this is a crazy idea. Would God really tell you to do this? I'll leave that there. So what have I come to know and believe? Just quickly, number one, the gospel that we proclaim. The good news of Jesus. I've come to know and believe and be settled in the gospel that we proclaim. The gospel is good news. The gospel is not advice. It's news. It's proclamation. It's declaration. It's that Jesus has come. Jesus has forgiven. Jesus has established us in his righteous life, not in how good I am, but in how good he is. Not in how much I have gotten it wrong, but how much he has gotten all of it right. Are you with me? 
Number two, it's more about me receiving than it is me achieving. Let me say this again in the context of an American society where we define ourselves and our worth and our value and what people think and what people say based on what we achieve, what we've done, what we work for, what we've worked towards, what we're working towards. Come on, what's the first question somebody asks you whenever you, you, you meet them at some sort of form, some form of social gathering, birthday party, kids game, mixer at work, whatever you're doing, whatever you are, and someone says, who are you? And what's the next question? What do you do? <laughs> now, if you're doing what you love, that's a great question to answer. If you're succeeding at what you love, that's even better. When you're in transition and you're responding to God's go, that's a very, very taxing question to be honest about. So we smother it with a little bit of icing. This is, well, I'm actually in transition right now because that just sounds so professional. I'm actually in trans career transition, which could mean I'm unemployed. <laughs> but nobody's going to know about that. <laughs> I'm just going to let them know I'm in transition. I'm pursuing some different endeavors right now, uh, switching careers and in some transition here, and which means I don't know where I'm going. But God knows where you're going. Whenever you feel lost, God is never lost on you. Hebrews 11.8, by faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. See, every place that God said go, it really wasn't about me achieving. It was about me receiving. And if we're so resistant to the, the receiving, it'll all be, a, be about achieving. What's next? I did this, and now I gotta do that. And that didn't work out, so now I've gotta do this. And if God would just give me this, just give me the answer. Just give me the answer. Just show me what, what's next, God. And God's like, I want you to receive something. The power of embracing the unknown. The power of living by faith. The power of, of resting in peace in your spirit, in uncertainty. Can I just ask this, this, why do we feel so, it be so necessary that we control and manipulate every single thing for our own safety, security, and knowing? Like when we stepped into Christ, we didn't do that. We, we came with open arms into, into Jesus and we said, God, take me as I am, use me for whatever you want. And then somewhere along the line, we started saying, thanks for taking the wheel. That was a good song. Actually, I'm going to take it back and I'm going to try and control this next two years and this next five years. And if I could just, if you could just give me the wheel back again so I can do this, uh, things will be good. Trust me, I'm going, to make, I'm going to make good of this, God. You can trust me with this. God doesn't need that from us. He needs faith, obedience, and movement. Sometimes the reason you're not achieving is because you're not receiving. You can't receive the heart of a servant, so God can't trust you to build. You can't receive love for yourself, so God can't trust you with another relationship because the next relationship, you haven't received God's love, so this relationship is going to be the essence of what you feel love should be, but that's not going to fulfill you. 
it's not going to sustain you. God says, no, that, that's not the answer. There's so much God wants us to receive in him and, and by his love, by his spirit. And when the, the true work of the good news of Jesus gets on the inside of us, starts to work itself out through us, it changes our motivations. Where it doesn't really matter anymore what people say or think. There's a graveyard within two miles from here. And those people were filled with the same anxieties and stresses and worries that you are. And here's the thing. They're dead and gone and nobody cares. And all the stresses and anxieties that we're filling our lives with, instead of resting in Christ in his finished work, is causing us to be robbed every single day. We're missing moments with our kids. We're missing moments with our friends. We're missing divine connections. We're missing destinies. We're missing holy motivations for why we're in the place that we're in because we're wanting it to be all about us. God wants to liberate you from that today. My third point is God's go is not about escaping now. It's about escaping, I'm sorry, embracing his next. See, escaping this season is not what it's about. It's about the motivation being, God, I want to embrace your next. I want to embrace your purpose. There's two potholes that we tend to fall in. One is passivity. Passivity is like, well, if God wants to make it happen, he'll do it. And then the other one's impatience. If God doesn't do this, I'm going to make a move. And those are the potholes that we fall in when we're motivated by the wrong endeavors. When the desire to achieve is more important than the importance of receiving. God's not looking for you to escape now. He's wanting you to embrace what's next. But you've got to hear the voice from behind you saying this is the way of walking it. Not what you think or what you feel, but what God is saying. Here's the last one. Our go from Jesus, our go from Jesus should be the go that is our life's motivation. Our go from Jesus was enough. Our go from Jesus is enough. Our go from Jesus is good enough. Then he told them, go into all the world, preach the good news to everyone at your job, at your career, in your family, in other words, live this life. Don't wave picket signs. Don't annoy people. Be a voice of love and light in people's lives. Let your life preach the good news. And when the moment comes, share the good news of Jesus. Preach the good news of Jesus. Proclaim and declare what God has done in you. This is why God has you where you are. It's not just about what you're achieving. It's about what other people need to receive as well. Matthew 28, go and make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Your next go should be motivated by God's original go. Our next go as a church should be motivated by God's original go. Your next yes to God should connect you to God's purpose. Your next I will trust you God should propel you into a new unknown because like Abraham, faith should move you into obedience, into movement. Where in your life do you need to go this morning? 
Maybe you don't know what your next go is, but you know that it could be a year from now, 36 months from now, God says, go this way. He may make it really clear. He may just lead you with a whisper, but the ball will be in your court. What I'm saying today is that our lives should be marked by movement. And that's a scary thing when everything you're hoping for is certainty, knowing, arrival, achievement, the values that we see God putting into his people have mystery attached to them. And that's okay. Because the pressures that you're facing are just as important as the pressures that are in the person in the seat next to you. And isolated thoughts will tell you that you're the only one facing the unknown and the only one facing uncertainty. I promise you, there's people wrestling here this, this morning with a declaration from the doctors that they don't know what to do with. There's people who are in situations financially that they don't know where they're gonna make it next month. There are people whose kids misbehave just as much as yours do. And they're wondering if they've done everything wrong and God's saying, trust me. Can we see the bigger picture this morning about what God's go may be? Can we see that maybe our go today should be motivated by trust, peace in who God is and what he's done in our life? Can I pray for you this morning? I don't know when the next go will be for you, for your family. I don't know if it'll be a physical transition that God wants to lead you into where he says, move locations, move job, move city. I don't know if it'll be an internal thing where God leads you to lean into more of his likeness in a particular area of your life that may be foreign to you. But I know this, when God says go, if you know and believe the love that God has for you, you'll know that you're in the right place. You'll be settled. Lord, I pray this morning that you would settle in your people the places that are unsettled. Lord, I pray, I pray that this morning where people have been in a place of turmoil. God, that you would today bring clarity to purpose, realign vision, allow people to see the beauty of who you are right now in this moment. To not be so obsessed with the destination that they don't check their motivation. God, would you settle in your people the love that you have for them today? Far beyond, far beyond anything that they can ever hope, ask, or imagine. Lord, would you bring peace and confidence to your people? Lord, you are the good shepherd. Would you bring peace and comfort to your people this morning?
Lord, would you eradicate the fear that is trying to take hold of people this morning? Lord, will we see the enemy's works for what they are? Everyone keeping their head bowed and their eyes closed this morning. Hey, where, where are you in your own walk with God this morning, your own spiritual life, your own choice, decision to be at peace with God? Peace from God comes when we have peace with God. And maybe this morning you don't have that. But Jesus says that he comes to establish us in a place of forgiveness in a place of acceptance and in a place of love. And when he does that, it changes not just who we are, but how we look at life. Jesus says that if anyone would call on his name, believe in him, confess that he's Lord, he would save every person who believes that and says that. If that's you this morning and you need to make that decision, would you just lift your hand today so I can pray for you? You need to make a decision to follow Jesus, to go and trust him with your life. Thank you, friend. Anyone else this morning, you're saying, yeah, that's me. Pray for me. Thank you, friend. Thank you. Thank you. Beautiful. Lord, I thank you for every hand that's raised this morning, people coming to know you, who they are, what they're called to do, Father, this morning, would you save those right now who recognize their need for a Savior? Would you lift them out of the weight and off of the weight of sin that burdens them? Would you eradicate the shame, the guilt, the unforgiveness, and establish them this morning, God, as your child, as a saved child of the living God? In Jesus' mighty name, and everyone said, amen, amen. Hey, if you raised your hand this morning and, and you're serious about that, I want to encourage you to go to our Next Steps table and talk to somebody about what that decision is and really what that looks like. I'm, I'm kind of putting the ball in your court for that. We're out of time this morning. It's been a great time. Did you get something good out of this? Fantastic. Would, would you stand up with me for just a moment? I want to encourage you that... When we give into the house of God, when we give of our tithes and offerings, we're, go, we're giving into the kingdom. We're giving into work that goes. It's like seed. It goes into the ground and it brings a harvest. Everything that you give helps us to not just lead Grace Avenue Church, but to believe and plan for the next go that God has. So I want to thank you for your generosity and thank you for your giving this morning. And just remind you that you're sowing into good soil. Amen. Amen. Hey, before we dismiss, there's a guy back here. His name is Mark. Can, I just, can you just give us a wave, Mark? Yeah. Can you see that guy back there? I just want to tell you a story real quick before I dismiss. It really blesses me. I've always thought about this. Years and years ago, him and I traveled to, uh, to California for a conference. And, uh, and I remember we were sitting at uh, a table. And I remember as I was talking to him, he was facing me. And then he started, as I was talking to him, he was looking to this side of me. And I was talking, but he wasn't looking at me. So I'm kind of like, what's he looking at? And I looked around and I saw a homeless woman, uh, beaten up, bruised, just shattered and filthy. And I could see as I was talking to him, how his face dropped and his heart was moved with compassion to look at the individual 
that totally took him off conversation with me. And I could see the emotion come over him. And I'm just telling you, there are moments like, see, God's put that kind of stuff in his heart. And for you, there are, there are go things that God has put in your heart and they turn your attention away from what you're hearing and what you're listening to. And I just want to seal this with this morning that you're going to be moved by God towards things that shape you, that move you with compassion. Jesus says, says when Jesus looked at the city, he was moved with compassion. I'm telling you, this message for some of you this morning, you're going to look at some things in this next year and they're going to touch your heart and God's going to say, go, and it's going to be that thing. And you're going to feel what I just described right now. And God's going to do good, do, do good work in you and through you because you respond to his go. Amen? Amen. God bless you guys. Let's celebrate what God's done today. If you would like the most up-to-date information about Grace Avenue Church or you are looking for a way to support this ministry, please visit us online at graceavenuechurch.com. Thanks for listening.